0: log Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the End-time Tribune, covering breaking news and current events as it pertains to Bible prophecy. In effect, chronicling the coming of Christ the King. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the End Time Tribune. It is good to be with you tonight in the maelstrom of news that we have had as of late. Tonight's episode is going to be blockbuster, I would say, to say the least. But welcome to this edition, this March the 29th, 2017. We literally have all kinds of problems across the globe. I'm sure that Clinton is going to talk about some economic situations once again that's looming over the top of our heads, but we have all kinds of consternation everywhere, whether it's in Israel, whether it's in the Balkans, Russia, North Korea, we have Le Pen this week uh, played a wild card in the French elections by officially stepping down as her party head. Nobody's seen that coming. But this frees her up so that now everybody can say that they didn't vote for that party. They voted for her. What a stroke of genius. I wonder who advised her to do that. But ladies and gentlemen, things are really ramping up everywhere. Consider this. This... This week, it was reported on April the 23rd that a Jewish gang attacked Arabs uh, in order to end their romantic ties with Jews. Ladies and gentlemen, off the charts. Then yesterday, late we had an article break that there were Jews that were attacked by an Arab mob this time. After they were assaulted, they were then arrested by the IDF. So tensions are really getting to the boiling point in Israel itself. Now, consider this, ladies and gentlemen, that we all know that we are waiting for the destruction of Damascus to get this whole quagmire that has filled up the cup of trembling, going. The first tremble in that cup, of course, will be the destruction of Damascus. And of course, Israel this week struck a Syrian military base. Outright act of war. Completely unjustified. The things going on in North Korea as of late. Everything is being pushed to the edge. You know, how is it that it comes out in a British newspaper this week, April 25th, that the U.S. is facing an epidemic of deaths of despair? Of course, you get nothing about this very issue. In the American mainstream news, consider this the very same day. Marriage is going out of style in America unless you're rich. Exact quote from the article. By 2014, the U.S. adult population that was married had dropped and then we're reminded of the Me decade That descent has been from the numbers in 1970. So, ladies and gentlemen, we have much to discuss. There are so many important things that we need to shake out in this episode. We probably won't get to it all, but let's try. So, ladies and gentlemen, get your trays into the upright positions and get your seat belts fastened as soon as possible. We your host, Clinton Co Watch, Brian Ingram and Matthew Miller have properly oiled the saddles. The Steeds have brand new shoes of solid iron. Ladies and gentlemen, have you considered what it is that the Four Riders really
1: are? Why, you're going to pull those pistols and whistle Dixie.
0: Right. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the End Time Tribune. Let's get the co-host online. Clinton, uh, say hello to the listeners tonight. Your summary of your thoughts on the progression of the news throughout the week, buddy.
2: Hey, good morning, everyone. And, or good afternoon, I should say. It's glad to be back with you guys. Um, I, I guess part of the big things are hidden for, for what I've seen is, is we have uh, the government shutdown that was actually avoided for a week. And uh, uh, they're planning on kicking that down the curb as well um, And that we're starting to see a little bit more of how Donald Trump's uh, high-pressure negotiating style um, is fitting in And the use of his new uh, asset, in the United States military, in his negotiating style So it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays together
0: I certainly agree with you there Yes, he just realizes that he has a new toy Um, Brian, let's get you in the saddle, say hello to the listeners tonight And give me your uh, brief thoughts on the progression of the news throughout the week, please
3: Well, hello everybody and welcome My general thoughts on the progression of the news this week Folks, do you ever get to a point you where you wish it was sort of a slow week? Oh my god Because goodness. the developments we're seeing at this point are beyond disturbing.
0: They really are, Brian. Um, you know, the three of us told everybody a few weeks back about things going on in Macedonia that even crept into the news this week so just a tsunami and just a tsunami uh ladies and gentlemen that's just building kinetic energy as it nears the coast with a crash with reality it seems like to me clinton why don't you jump on in here and uh start your news diatribe uh i've certainly got some questions that i'm wanting to ask you when you're done but uh I also saw ladies and gentlemen that Clinton did a couple of diligent watchmen uh podcasts this week. uh I suggest that you uh consult not only those uh but the articles in question that Clinton did bring up this week uh, so Clinton, jump right in here, buddy. uh you've got the
2: floor. yeah, not a problem um you know from an economic standpoint, we're really starting to see. Uh, how things are playing out and how money is being used to, uh, I wouldn't necessarily say manipulate countries, but to use countries. And we can see that. And I guess um, before we even get into that, I just want to just you know touch on the, the government shutdown. Um, we have a lot of smoke and mirrors that are going on at this point. Um, they said that basically they were supposed to have an, uh, an agreement on Friday uh, to fund the government, which the government shut down numerous times through history. So it's not a new thing to shut down a government like this. Um, but what they're anticipating doing is just expanding it for another week uh, while they can work on some other issues uh, to make a temporary deal until September which that September time frame keeps popping up in so many different avenues that we keep looking. So, so definitely pay attention. And as we get close to September, watch and see what, what's developing, but part of what they're going to be working on in the budget that's coming through in September um, is the three main things that they left out of this one that they're working on, which is to fund the, uh, the border to implement a new healthcare system and um, to basically fund the uh, low-income families to help them. Those are the three things that were taken off the table um, during this last negotiation. So we can see that they're basically kicking it down the curb until this fall for some reason. Um, now, when it comes to the use of countries and the use of economics uh, and money to manipulate countries, um, the first example I guess we can say is is with China. Uh, we know that Donald Trump had the president of China in his, you know, I guess our meeting having chocolate cake uh, when we bombed uh, Syria, and part of it was a show to basically say, "Hey China, we need your help with North Korea, and in return for you helping us in North Korea, we're gonna, you know, give you a great economic deal so you can sell your products to the United States." So in return, China moved 150,000 troops to the border of North Korea. So. Now, as a response, we have all these ships heading out. China and Russia has their ships that are in the same vicinity, and it looks like we're getting close to going into North Korea. Then Donald Trump comes out after this missile defense system was brought to South Korea under an agreement under President Barack Obama um, to basically, you know, Seoul gives uh, the land for the facility or for the missile defense system, and we provide the equipment. It's basically what the agreement is. Uh, now the agreement is in question to where Donald Trump is saying that so- South Korea has to come up with $1 billion to pay for this missile defense system. And on top of that, the trade agreements that were made with South Korea all need to be renegotiated because they're not you know, beneficial to the United States. So now we have South Korea that is basically surrounded with Russia and Chinese ships that has... North Korea is freaking out, and we're talking about pulling out the missile defense system that we told them we were going to give them before we escalated it to this point. So now South Korea has no choice but to come up with this. The only thing is they have an election coming up, I believe it's next week. So they don't even have a president because their president's in prison right now. So they have to try to figure out if they're going to spend this billion dollars to keep this missile defense system which will also make China very, very upset. And uh, South Korea came out saying financially they cannot do so. so. So we have this very hard line negotiating that is happening with the, the Trump administration using the United States military as a, a tool to get what they want. And, and this kind of lays out to you know, what's going on with this, this tax break that's happening. Um, you know, yes, it's it's uh, focused on a lot of the tax break is on on corporations. Um, they're dropping the corporate tax rate from 35% to 15%. Um, they, you know, said that anyone making below, I believe, is $24,000 will have no taxes. You know, for that first 24000 and then you know the rest of us in the middle class will be thrown into tax brackets of 10%, 25%, or 35%. But they haven't told us how. Again, that's smoke and mirrors. Um, The big aspect of that tax plan that they're pushing to implement is the ability for corporations that have, you know, businesses overseas, currently they are paying taxes to the United States government. Those taxes will be removed. So they will not be paying taxes for businesses they have overseas. Now, the other thing is these corporations or these wealthy individuals that have all this money trapped overseas And what I mean by trapped is it costs a lot of money for them to pay in taxes to bring that money into the United States. Now, that tax loophole, I guess you could say, is going to be removed. So that way, all of these wealthy corporations, all these wealthy individuals are going to be able to bring all of that money back into the United States. Now, this is basically uh, trickle-down economics on steroids. Um, Under trickle-down economics with uh, Ronald Reagan, the whole concept was you give tax breaks to the rich, they create businesses, they then pay their employees, and wages trickle down from there. Um, Unfortunately, what we can see from the data since trickle-down economics is that wages have stayed stagnant. Wages never went up, but the money to the top or to the business owners or to the people that are supposed to trickle down never trickled down. And so now we're going to have this tax break to enable those individuals to have more money, to save more money that's supposed to trickle down. Well, we have major issues in the housing market that's developing. We have major issues that's developing in retail. We have major issues that's developing in our economy in whole. Uh, Gross domestic product dropped substantially to where we only had an increase of 0.7%. Typically, a president is graded if they are over 3%. So business is not growing. So where are they going to come up with this? Well, once this tax plan gets approved, all of this money from overseas is going to come over and buy everything that has been um, lost. And the reason I say lost is if you look at 2008, this is a replication of 2008 when a lot of people lost their houses. What did the banks do? They foreclosed on these assets and they took these assets from these people and then they sold them to investors or they held onto them themselves. Well, all this money from overseas coming over, that's exactly what it is, is private investors or corporations that are going to buy all these assets. So we're going to have another yard sale for the rich to be able to buy all these assets once this tax plan is approved. Now, the whole concept of it is that real wages should go up. But there's no mandate at this point for corporations to start paying their employees more money so that way they can go out and buy things. And the, the reason that's important is we can see from the, the most recent economic data coming out is that the, the retail sales, the amount of consumer spending is dropping drastically. What, what that tells us is that people within the United States either, A, don't have money to spend – or B, are so afraid to spend it, they're holding on to it. Now, what they end up doing in Europe, with, who had the same problem with people afraid to spend their money, is they created what's basically negative interest rates. And what that meant is that if you kept your money inside the bank as like a, a sa- you know, savings account, or you didn't want to spend it because you're afraid that something's going to happen, well, they, they, they charged you for that. So it costs you less money to pull the money out of the bank and hold on to it and put it under your mattress than to keep it inside the banking system. And that bail-in system is being talked about being used in the United States to cause spending, cause people to spend their money. Well, the problem isn't necessarily that people have money that they're afraid to spend, it's that they don't have money. You know, I, I saw a report that said 33% of Americans can, could not make an emergency $1,000 check if they had to, to, to pay off whatever it was that was an emergency. So if a third of our population can't even pay for a car breaking down to get to their job, then how are they supposed to invest? How are they supposed to buy houses? How are they supposed to buy cars? How are they supposed to do anything? And that's kind of where our our our, our economy is at. And it's not necessarily just with us. It's on a global scale. I mean, we have reports that um, Canada, their housing market is, is, is crazy. You have Ontario where the housing prices are going through the roof because foreign investors are coming in and buying so many houses that the pricing is going up. Here in Colorado, pricing is getting so high that the homeless population is increasing because they can't afford an apartment.
1: Um,
2: We also have in Canada that uh, their largest non-bank mortgage lender is falling apart right in front of our eyes. They just had to take out a $1 billion loan to keep the company afloat, and all their investors are leaving they, their stock dropped, what was it, something like uh, 65% in one day. I mean, it was a $2 billion loan. It wasn't a $1 billion loan. And this is um, Home Capital Group. That's the name of the company. So, I mean, we we have major issues. And we also have in the United States, we have a, a company called Aquin, uh, which is the largest uh, uh, subprime mortgage lender in the United States that has just been, uh, they've been investigated for, you know, committing different uh, issues that the government doesn't like, well, they, they finally told them they have to restructure their business. And to restructure their business, they basically have to recreate their business, which is going to cost them more money than just basically going belly up. So, so they said, from a, a business standpoint, there is no way they can restructure their business and stay afloat. There, there's just no way. Um, and unfortunately, this trend is continuing and expanding. Um, You can look in Hungary, and in Hungary right now, there's a a battle going on, and some people say it's against George Soros because it's a university that he founded in in Hungary. Well, he's from Hungary, Um, and and what the president of Hungary publicly came out and said is he does not like George Soros, so he's doing this because he doesn't like George Soros, but he changed the government's laws, so that way the university that was founded cannot function according to the laws they would have to basically completely evaporate and restructure to redo their business according to the government's laws. And and I believe that this is a tactic that is going to continue to expand that to basically push corporations out to, you know, cause companies to go bankrupt if they don't fit within a certain model. And what the model you can see is if they don't make money for, well, either certain individuals or certain corporations. Uh, There's been numerous ties that that people have said, and unfortunately I don't want to look into it because I don't really want to see this side of it, but there's there's speculation that uh, there's a lot of friendliness from the Trump administration for countries that have hotels from Trump International within those countries where other countries that do not have hotels are treated differently. If that is true, then the shape of business is changing. And unfortunately, politics is actually playing a large, large role into that. Um, And continuing on with the use of economics to get our way. Um, Trump also came out, you know, not only talking about South Korea, but he came out to Saudi Arabia and told Saudi Arabia that you need to start paying your bill, too. So, so, So we've been providing military backing to Saudi Arabia for a long, long time. And I guess they've never paid their bill. And I guess this is a, a constant around the world. And this is basically how the banking system is kind of set up. As you get all these countries in debt, then they have to borrow more money to pay off the debt. Well, now we're calling in those loans. So now these countries that we have issued all this debt to, they, they need to pay the United States, according to Donald Trump. And that's how we are going to fund the wall, that's how we're going to fund this new healthcare system. That's how we're going to fund this tax break to the rich, is by having all these poor countries that are already buried in debt pay the United States what they supposedly owe us. And uh, I mean, the, the one that's closest to, to home that we're going to see is Canada and Mexico. Uh, we already know Donald Trump doesn't like Mexico and wants to build a giant wall to shut off everyone south of the border from coming in. Um, You know, we get a large portion of our natural resources from Mexico. We import a large portion of our produce and our food from Mexico. But now we have to restructure NAFTA. We have to restructure the agreement that basically made free trade between the United States, Canada, and Mexico because it did not benefit the United States because, well, probably because our profit margins were high enough well, this was intended to boost the economies of both Canada and Mexico to make our borders safe because economically, if you make people happy because they're making money, then they tend not to worry about leaving home. And unfortunately, you know, you can look at Canada and we did a pretty good job with Canada and Mexico. We didn't necessarily do a very good job because still people are still coming in. But if we boost Mexico's economy, then you know we wouldn't have this issue. Unfortunately, we're going to renegotiate everything, which means it's going to cause turmoil on both the northern and the southern borders of the United States. Um, the last spat that we had with Canada was over milk. They raised the price on milk that they're importing to the United States, so we raised the price on lumber. It's, it's this, this tit-for-tat kind of thing, which unfortunately is just going to spread to everyone hating each other. Um, unless they all can come to one global agreement where everyone does business according to the same statutes, which is where I believe the, the war is kind of headed. And, I mean, part of saying that is you can look at there's, a, a, you know, agreements and, and uh, alliances being created everywhere. And from an economic standpoint, you can you know, follow the money and you can see what is truly going on. And there, there's a new alliance that is being um, risen up that is started by China. And this uh, alliance is called the Shanghai Corporation Organization. And currently, they have Russia, China, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Tajikistan, and Uzbekistan that are full pledged members. Now, the, the you know the uh, reason they have created this uh, group is to fight radical insurgent groups and demilitarize the borders in Central Asia. Well, they just invited Iran to join them. Iran has already said that they want to join them, which would then bring Iran into the alliance. Now, that is interesting, but then you look at the next countries that are looking to join this alliance, and it puts everything more into perspective as well. The next countries that are looking to join are both India and Pakistan are looking to join this alliance. And then finally, the last country that's looking to join them is Turkey. So we have all these countries joining together to fight radical insurgent groups and to stabilize their borders, and we know that they're at odds, all of those countries, or the majority of them, with the United States. So we can see this heading to a head. So I hope I got this started for you guys.
0: Well, I would certainly call that an understatement. You certainly got it started.
2: Uh, That's for sure.
0: Clinton, I did want to ask you one question. Uh, There was an article released today that if these Trump tax breaks go through, that it's going to result in hyperinflation.
3: Uh,
0: What is your opinion on that? Is that true? Um, I think you're the one that posted the article. I think I got it from you, actually. And I looked over that chart, and I didn't – I wasn't able to put two and two together. Uh, Can you explain that or your thoughts on it, please?
2: Yeah, unfortunately, the one economic indicator that, that I've been watching for is the influx of currency into the United States market. Um, basically how the system has been set up is we have been giving loans to all these countries around the world for many, many years. And part of that is to increase debt in those countries as a control mechanism. But part of it is to outship our inflation. Um, the United States banking system, basically for every dollar, or if, I would say this for every ten dollars that you put in the bank, they only have to keep one dollar of that. And then they loan out the other nine dollars. But it shows as an asset. So basically, for every ten dollars that you're put in the bank, they create nine new dollars. And this is called fractional reserve banking. And, and basically, that's how they expand the money supply just within the banking system. Well, this has been going on for many, many years. And 2008 was a major issue of that. And it has not been fixed. Well, they've been exporting all the inflation overseas, which is why these other countries, you can see the, they're destabilizing. Well, now with this new tax plan, all of that money that is trapped overseas, that is kept overseas to keep inflation at bay, will flood into the United States, which will mean the price of every asset, once this money hits, will go through the roof. Because everyone's going to be buying it. Well, not everyone. All the rich people that have uh, money overseas will be buying this, these assets, which will then cause all these assets to go skyrocket, which is the definition of hyperinflation. When there's too much money out there and the price of goods goes too high to where basically people can't afford to to purchase them.
0: Well, I, I'm I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but... Clinton, I swore that's what you just said happened to the housing market in Canada. Now, is this what you're describing? These people will – they're going to come here with the American money that they've had overseas. They're going to bring that back here, and these foreign investors will buy everything up, making everything inflate. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but is that what you were – Describing that's happened in the Canadian housing market, is, is that the same thing, what you're talking about?
2: It's it's kind of the same thing. And the Canadian housing market is definitely foreign investors. Um, in the United States market, they are, foreign investors already have the ability to come over and buy stuff. This is for American companies or American individuals, the ability to bring their money from overseas into the United States. So right now they see it as an unfair playing field because say China can come over and buy, you know, the Seattle Mariners stadium, uh, which they did. um, And then have that asset where these companies, you know, have all this money overseas that would have wanted to buy that stadium would not be able to do so because this money was trapped over there. And this new tax system will allow these American companies and American individuals to bring their money over to buy everything.
0: Okay, so now you're making sense. So right now, the people that bought this this stadium, that wasn't an individual, you're saying. That was like a business or a corporation or the country of China itself. But now you're saying that individuals can bring their money back and buy everything up. That's, That's what
2: you're saying? (laughs) <laughs> no, it's it's uh, you can have foreign individuals or foreign companies that, that can buy American assets, but it's just this it's like a, a tax loophole. They, I mean, these these corporations and, and individuals could bring a large portion of their money over. They just don't want to. And the reason they don't want to is they have to pay too many taxes in, in for the United States tax system. Um one one way that I think they're going to go around it is you're going to see a lot of these companies bringing their headquarters back into the United States to then classify themselves as American companies to fit within this tax structure that's going to allow you know, American-owned companies to pay you know these less taxes. And then if they have branches overseas, then they won't pay taxes. So it's, it's, it's basically just a way to maneuver um, their assets is all.
0: Wait a minute, wait a minute. You mean you can bring us and set up a desk and have one secretary in one office fall underneath this tax umbrella but keep all of the manufacturing in China or in France, and you don't have to pay any of the taxes on that. You only have to pay the taxes that falls underneath this new umbrella even though you really didn't move the business back to the United States. I mean –
2: Yeah, and they've they've been doing –
0: Well, I mean, isn't that on the order of just literally the American people committing suicide, at least for their children's sake? I mean, where are their children going to work? I I mean, how does this benefit the American people, If, if any?
2: Well, you know, corpor- corporations have been doing this for a long time. A lot of corporations keep their headquarters in the Caribbean because then they avoid, you know, certain tax structures within the United States. So having a corporate headquarters located somewhere else is not anything new. They, they've been doing it. The only difference is they're probably going to move a lot of those headquarters back to the United States just for tax purposes. Now, to help the American public, that's why when they and I actually watched a press conference. They asked how, you know, someone making $60,000, how will this help them? And they basically said, oh, it's going to be a major tax break. Well, how? It, it doesn't really explain how the general public is going to benefit from this. It's, it's all catered to corporations and people that have um, money that they don't have the ability to maneuver. They want
0: to. <laughs> I see ladies and gentlemen oh my goodness that's all i can say all i can say is is that when are the peoples of the world going to figure out that their governments are not working in their behalf not even a little bit not even remotely uh, let's consider this. This came out on April the 24th. There is a – well, let let me read the uh, headline to the, or, uh, the article. This is from forward.com. Adelson cuts off cash to Trump over chaos and Jerusalem embassy flip-flop. This is how the article starts out. Casino – Mogul And Republican mega-donor Sheldon Adelson is angry at chaos in the Trump White House. Did everybody catch that? He's a casino mogul? Oh, my goodness, ladies and gentlemen. Surely you all know who runs the casinos. I mean, that's like common knowledge. This is what's upsetting to me. This – I'm not sure what label to give this individual. What did they call Al Capone? It doesn't matter. I don't remember. Um, Because he talked about this embassy flip flop. I hope that everybody is aware that, you know, as soon as this was released, On the 27th, it was released in Israeli national news that uh, we had Republican congressmen walking around telling the Israeli news agency that uh, Trump was likely to move the embassy during his trip to Israel coming up. Now look, it was so grossly obvious why he had done it, it wasn't even funny. So I kept my news uh, locked on to anything concerning this embassy move to Jerusalem. Now, one of the articles that I found out, uh, and this is from Yeshiva World, of course. They reported on this, and it blew me away because the Israeli justice minister (laughs) uh, just had a meeting. And the Moscow Jews said they would absolutely love it if the embassy was moved to Jerusalem. Now, ladies and gentlemen, why on earth (laughs) earth would the justice minister tell the Moscow Jewish community that Israel would be happy if Russia moved its embassy to Jerusalem. I don't understand the connection uh, unless it is obvious to the world at large that half of his equation, as far as his donors are concerned, are either casino moguls Or Russians. I mean, that's just what the news looks like to me, especially in the order, like I said, the order that this information came out. And yet, I saw nobody put two and two together. And nobody was even mad about it. Nobody was even upset that this was. Obvious who is pulling De Potus's strings, and you know, ladies and gentlemen, let's not blame Potus for any of this. I mean <laughs> tell me what would happen if we would have a third party special investigation until oh, I don't know, let's just try all of them. if we had a third party external. Special prosecutor appointed to both the House and the Congress to investigate absolutely every one of them. I wonder how many would be left standing. I mean it's common knowledge. They all take bribes from special interest groups. That, that's that's common knowledge, but the I guess the American people don't care. They don't care. And I really can't for the life of me understand why, and it just amazes me that everybody thinks that this is still a left versus right. That's absolutely true. We have those on the left, and we have those on the right, and then we have the people in the middle. And we're not talking about the United States. Oh, for the love of God, we're talking about Venezuela. They're in the same exact situation. The people of France. You've got the criminals on the right, the criminals on the left. That's who you get to choose between. And all the peoples in the middle. They're in the middle. Great Britain, Germany. Don't matter. And that upsets me. That really does upset me. And I think it should upset everybody else as well. But Brian, let's get you into the saddle and uh, get your perspective on things this week and the list of news you'd like to cover before we take a break. You will, of course... Once again, take the reins after the break, but we got 15 minutes before the break, so you're going to be able to get in here before we get to then because just what Clinton's brought up so far is just – ladies and gentlemen, I don't think I should be of want to remind you all. That the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Lord your God, warned you that night was coming when no good deed could be done. I mean, how far away can that be when the darkness will fall? Brian? What's your take on the news this week? Jump in the saddle here. Take the reins.
3: My take on the news this week is rather complex because that's exactly what we have going on as we speak. Now, it was brought up earlier that uh, one of the uh, major flashpoints earlier in the week was a strike. In uh, Syria, near Damascus, from Israeli forces, well, the unfortunate thing is here, folks, within the last uh, few hours, we had another strike that was just the same thing. Turkey this week has literally began to flex its muscles by every stretch of the imagination, We've had multiple strikes against the uh, Kurds throughout varied places into Syria. Once again, a warning of sovereignty came out there. American forces are backing the Kurdish uh, people on the ground. They have special forces groups that are surrounding them. There has been a wedge set up for some time. America's remained quiet on this. Making matters worse, there were also airstrikes launched into Iraq against the Kurds that are busy with uh, the retaking of Mosul along with the Iranian Shiite forces. This gets even more complicated as we look at it through a magnifying glass. Because not only on top of this, Erdogan is calling for the United States to align with them to basically topple the Assad regime and completely eradicate all terror elements out of Syria. Now, I wish I could stop there, but you can't. Warnings began to come out over the last week that on the current course of collision with the retaking of Mosul and the war in Syria on top of it, well, it becomes sort of a manifold progression here. But one of the big things to keep an eye out for here is they're starting to wonder if this is going to break up Iraq and bring an end to the geographical borders, according to our maps, and essentially remove Iraq from the equation. Now, when we have two major forces that are basically being used prominently in the taking of Mosul, that being the Shiite, that being the Kurds. But on top of this, we had the Al-Quds force commander come in last week and blatantly warn the Kurds, you had best knock off your move for statehood. Folks, that move's already been pretty much solidified. As a matter of fact, if you go back and look at your history throughout these varied, um, well, very there's been just nonstop chaos in Iraq, Iran, etc. Nonetheless, Kurdistan had already gained an allotment at that point in time. Them gaining control of this place right now is pretty much there's not really any stopping this. But this is causing all kinds of ramifications across the board. This is obviously causing a massive Sunni explosion, Shiite at the same time. The relations back and forth between all these nations just in those borders alone is enough to start really rattling your cage. And, folks, if you want to understand the heart of conflicts, you need to understand the globe. You need to pull up these maps. You need to look at these pushes back and forth. Because, for instance, if we look at Turkey, well, what's to its southern border? Okay, Look to Syria. Let's look to the West. Let's look to the North. Let's go into the Balkans. Let's just keep doing the same thing over and over to the point where you're going to start understanding that we are suddenly seeing alliances formed. We are seeing crossroads reemerging that were no different by any stretch of the imagination as to what led to the explosion of the events that rolled forward up to World War I to cause all of this pandemonium and chaos to erupt as it did. And there's no way to illustrate how in depth this goes in the matter of a little blurb. Folks, let me give you an indication here of what happened with Turkey. Starting in 1830, the French had seized control of Algeria and North Africa. At about the same time, the British began building a power base in Arabia. And the Persian Gulf In 1853, Russia, tempted by what appeared to be easy pickings Invaded the Ottoman provinces south of the Danube The Ottoman presence in Europe might have come to an end then If not for the Crimean War In which Britain and France intervened to stop the Russians Folks, that was a while back And we just had that echo happen again with the current war over the Ukraine. Britain, fearful that its position in the eastern Mediterranean and control in India might be lost if Russia broke through to the south, saved the Ottomans from destruction yet again in 1878. But by the time several European countries, Britain included, were feasting on the Turkish Empire's extremities, Austria, Hungary took possession of Bosnia and Herzegovina, literally preparing the ground for Sarajevo's assassination. France, with Britain's support, and in the face of such strong German opposition, that for a time, the issue threatened to spark a war. It took Tunisia and Morocco in North Africa. Folks, think back, everything I just mentioned there, in that little last sentence. If you've kept an eye on those maps over the years, We've had nonstop action between the United States, France, Germany, Britain, and all those little areas in North Africa. I remember looking at it years back and scratching my head going, why are they doing this? It's all about having a tactical advantage for what's coming down the barrel. They've been sliding this into place for longer than we can even imagine. Moving forward, Britain took Egypt and Cyprus. Now, remember, folks, Cyprus is under heavy contention. Part of it is owned by Turkey, the other by the uh, Greek people living on that island. It's been a major point of contention for some time. And finally, even Italy reached across the Mediterranean to grab Tripoli, today's Libya. Okay, folks, what happened in Libya? Remember that whole string of northern uh, countries In Africa during the Arab Spring Or who did what Well I I hate to be the bearer of bad news folks But America came through and set up a puppet leader In every single portion Of those places Okay Nagreb Tripoli, today's Libya Along with islands in the Aegean and Mediterranean Germany meanwhile Having arrived too late to share In this plunder Focused on building ties With the Turks It began work on a Berlin-to-Baghdad railway. And Kaiser Wilhelm II paid a state visit to Constantinople and Jerusalem. In 1908, the year when Austria-Hungary formally annexed Bosnia and Herzegovina, a group of would-be reformers called the Young Turks, their leader, an army officer named Enver Pasha, was only 27 years old. He seized control of the government in Constantinople, everybody that is modern Istanbul, and introduced a constitution. What just happened in this last week, everybody? I'm sorry. You need to realize this. Erdogan has just seized power. Now, how did he do so? What did he do? He introduced a constitution. In 1912, the First Balkan War drove the Turks almost entirely out of the Balkans. This and the failure failure of the Constantinople regime to deliver the reforms expected of it or to stop the disintegration of the empire, gravely damaged the prestige of the ruling faction, which was replaced by nationalist extremists, once again led by Enver. Some of it was regained the following year. However, when the Second Balkan War led to Turkey's recovery, of the city of Adrianople on the European mainland, the Sultan was at least as ridiculous a figure as the sorriest of his predecessors. He had been deemed a safe choice for the throne after boasting that he had not read a newspaper in more than 30 years. That reminds me of somebody else's commander in chief. No one even pretended that he mattered in January of 1914. Denver Pasha left the army to become minister of war, and in July, he took his empire into a secret defensive alliance with Germany. Now, let us stop here in this last four minutes, and let's discuss the relations between Germany and France, Britain, and even the United States, for that matter. Right now, Germany is highly concerned. Because no matter how this election Plays out, it does not matter which one Of these leaders get in There's going to be major Repercussions and ramifications Due to what Has happened because of these Very parties Gaining footholds within their versions Of Congress, etc That no matter What happens here, this is causing Tension with Germany Now, we've had released here within the last 24 hours, well Brexit has been formalized, folks. Germany's Merkel said flat out, don't even consider, don't even think about getting any kind of EU support whatsoever. You guys are off on your own. Uh Uh-oh. France, Britain. They all seem to be aligned pretty into a pattern that's a little bit too disturbing here at this point. But you make matters worse on top of it, because who else were in these alliances? Okay, in World War I, you had Russia was aligned with France. And what have we seen taking place here during this election cycle, which we've seen taking place through a multitude of election cycles? We have re-emerging alliances with Russia and all the ancient players Going back to at least World War One, all of a sudden seemed to be making these very same alliances. The United States has really been stirring the pot in this entire equation. Folks, if you realize that by the end of World War Two, America stepped into the position that Britain had taken. Previous to that to make matters worse Now if everybody recalls a little while back There was a Basically uh, Angela Merkel from Germany Had gotten together with Donald Trump And if you watched what happened During that press conference He literally did nothing but insult her And slap her in the face It was to the point of It was really Disgusting And there was no way of escaping it. And she knew it. And when she came back to Germany, she said flat out, this is trouble. So we're seeing all these little blocks being laid, being put back into an exact precise order that they were previously. Making matters worse. What has happened here in the Balkans over this last week is enough to spin your head in 50 different directions. Because we got Montagero has come to the table On their NATO vote This has kicked Russia off Which of course it would Because of what? I just explained all of this The people in Montegro Are not happy either Their protesters took to the streets Clinton brought up Hungary earlier Folks, they've got a dictator running that place Everybody in Hungary Is very worried Now, the common idea Here is we need to point our fingers at the Serbs for being the cause of World War One, But that's not really true. Because it was Austria-Hungary. By every stretch of the imagination. The assassination was nothing more. Than a scapegoat. For Austria-Hungary to come in. And just start absolute pandemonium. He brought up. The connections with Soros. The problem is. Is those connections are tied deeply. Into everything going on in the Balkans. And the more you look at it. The more you see the people. Uh, the varied ethnic groups in there are completely furious at everything that man has done. You kind of get to the point where you're going, I don't know that we're dealing with the quote-unquote conspiracy and the things we dealt with with our election in Soros. There is something very real behind what is happening. Making matters worse. With Macedonia, just in the last week, we had basically, it was a minority Albanian leader was elected they're trying to institute a system of government. This is a whole long, very complicated thing that's been going on. Nonetheless, what this caused was the, what folks, are the real Macedonians, I've looked so deeply into this, it's ridiculous. You need to watch out for the nationalism and all the ridiculous garbage that's going on trying to make these people not the Macedonians. The Macedonians themselves got ticked off, and they stormed Parliament. They basically knocked around multiple people in this Albanian party, and this thing is a flash keg. They're basically stating flat out that the EU and NATO has had their hands knee-deep in causing this regime change that they are trying to institute in Macedonia. And I'm sorry, folks. um, It wouldn't be the first time we've done such a thing. Russia is ticked off as well because they recognize exactly what's going on for it is. And has also called out the West for its hand in initiating this factor. Look, folks history has shown us exactly what happened with the precursor leaders leading up to Alexander the great with them essentially getting fed up with getting picked on from pretty much every single angle to the point where Alexander's grandfather and father had basically finally had enough and pretty much started the ball rolling. And by the time Alexander came in, there was no stopping this progression. We were watching all these same key elements play out right in front of our very eyes. The more you consider it, the more it's enough to rattle your cage. And folks, if you're interested in what book this was that I just read from, it is called A World Undone, and it details everything to such an extent it's utterly ridiculous. It's written, I believe, it's by G. J. Meyer. I can barely see the uh, print here from my uh, program on my computer, but he goes into such explicit detail, just explaining the up leading events, which are so absolutely crucial. For understanding everything that we're seeing As we speak So that puts me at the three minute mark Over the break Let's uh, get that break rolling
0: Amen Bri But I think uh, If everybody would think back Especially what you said about Tripoli And what that was exactly nowadays Let's let's take a stroll down memory lane That's <laughs> should be quite memorable For everybody You know it was in March 2011 that we shot 112 Tomahawk cruise missiles into Libya. Ladies and gentlemen, as far as instigation, I'm sure you caught what Brian said, what happened in the past with, well, I'm sure I don't have to remind everybody that we just struck Syria with 59. Tomahawk cruise missiles. By the way, just as a little tidbit, <laughs> uh, the submarine that was sent to North Korea, that was a USS Michigan. That's not an attack sub, ladies and gentlemen. That's a boomer. That boomer just recently got converted back in 2007, time that Common Inky got its tail blown off, by the way. You might want to look into that, but... <laughs> She's been converted, so now she has four forward firing torpedo tubes. But boy, she carries a whole lot more armament now in her boomers. She's got 154 BGM 109 Tomahawks. They're staged in 22 groups of seven. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you'll take note that the BGM-109, it most certainly was originally designed to be nuclear-tipped. That's why the sub-nomenclature for the W-80 thermonuclear weapon is A. That's the BGM-109A. Now, the 109B is an anti-ship missile... D is to attack land targets, and so on and so on and so forth. Please, look these things up. The next time we launch Tomahawk cruise missiles at somebody, oh, whoever's on the short end of that stick, they just might get a bigger bang than what they were expecting. We'll be right back after this 10-minute one-second break. You're listening to the End Time Tribune.
1: The Revelation, Chapter 8. And when he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. And I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer. And there was given unto him much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense Which came with the prayers of the saints Ascended up before God Out of the angel's hand And the angel took the censer And filled it with fire of the altar And cast it into the earth And there were voices and thunderings And lightnings and an earthquake And the seven angels Which had the seven trumpets Prepared themselves to sound The first angel sounded And there followed hail and fire Mingled with blood And they were cast upon the earth And the third part of trees were burnt up and all green grass was burnt up. And the second angel sounded, and as it were, a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea, and the third part of the sea became blood. And the third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died, and the third part of the ships were destroyed. And the third angel sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven burning as it were a lamp, and it fell upon the third part of the rivers and upon the fountains of waters. And the name of the star was called Wormwood, and the third part of the waters became Wormwood. And many men died of the waters, because they were made bitter. And the fourth angel sounded, and the third part of the sun was smitten, and the third part of the moon, and the third part of the stars. So as the third part of them was darkened, and the day shone not a third part of it, and the night likewise. And I beheld, and heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the trumpet of the three angels which are yet to sound the revelation chapter 9 and the fifth angel sounded and I saw a star fall from the heaven unto the earth and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit and he opened the bottomless pit and there arose a smoke out of the pit as the smoke of a great furnace and the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit And there came out of the smoke Locusts upon the earth And unto them was given power As the scorpions of the earth have power And it was commanded them That they should not hurt the grass of the earth Neither any green thing, Neither any tree But only those men Who have not the seal of God on their foreheads And to them it was given That they should not kill them But that they should be tormented five months And their torment was as the torment of a scorpion When he striketh a man And in those days shall men seek death, and shall not find it, and shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them. And the shapes of the locusts were like unto horses prepared unto battle, and on their heads were, as it were, crowns like gold, and their faces were, as the faces of men, they had hair as the hair of women, and their teeth were, as the teeth of lions. And they had breastplates, as it were, breastplates of iron, And the sound of their wings was as the sound of chariots of many horses running to battle. And they had tails like unto scorpions, and there were stings in their tails. And their power was to hurt men five months. And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue hath his name Apollyon. One woe is past, and behold, there come two woes more hereafter. And the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar which is before God, saying to the sixth angel which had the trumpet, Loose the four angels which are bounded in the great river Euphrates. And the four angels were loosed, which were prepared an hour and a day and a month and a year for to slay the third part of men. And the number of the army of the horsemen were two hundred thousand thousand, and I heard the number of them. And thus I saw the horses in the vision, and them that sat on them, having breastplates of fire, and of jacinth, and brimstone. And the heads of the horses were as the heads of lions, and out of their mouths issued fire and smoke and brimstone. And by these three were the third part of men killed, by the fire, and by the smoke, and by the brimstone, which issued out of their mouths. For their power is in their mouth, and in their tails. For their tails were like unto serpents, and had heads, and with them they do hurt and the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues yet repented not of the works of their hands that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and wood which neither can see nor hear nor walk neither repented they of their murders nor of their sorceries nor of their fornications nor of their thefts The Revelation Chapter 10 And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven clothed with a cloud And a rainbow was upon his head, and his face was as it were the sun, and his feet as pillars of fire. And he had in his hand a little book open, and he set his right foot upon the sea, and his left foot upon the earth, and cried with a loud voice, as when a lion roareth. And when he had cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. And when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write, and I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered, and write them not. And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth, lifted up his hand to heaven, and swear by him that liveth for ever and ever, who created heaven, and the things that therein are, and the earth, and the things that therein are, and the sea, and the things which are therein, that there should be time no longer. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished as he hath declared to his servants the prophets. And the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me again, and said, Go and take the little book which is open in the hand of the angel which standeth upon the sea and upon the earth. And I went unto the angel and said unto him, Give me the little book. And he said unto me, Take it and eat it up, and it shall make thy belly bitter, but it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up, and it was in my mouth sweet as honey. And as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. And he said unto me, Thou must prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. The Revelation, Chapter 11 And it was given unto me a reed like unto a rod. And the angel stood, saying, Rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein. But the court which is without the temple, leave out and measure it not, for it is given unto the Gentiles. And the holy city shall tread underfoot forty and two months. And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days, clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees, and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. And if any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth, and devoureth their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. These have power to shut heaven that it rain not in the days of their prophecy and have power over waters to turn them to blood and to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom in Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. And they of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves and they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and shall send gifts one to another because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth and after three days and a half the spirit of life from God entered into them and they stood upon their feet and great fear fell upon them which saw them and they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them come up hither. and they ascended up to heaven in a cloud and the enemies beheld them. And the same hour was there a great earthquake, and the tenth part of the city fell, and in the earthquake were slain of men seven thousand, and the remnant were affrighted, and gave glory to the God of heaven. The second woe is past, and behold, the third woe cometh quickly. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign for ever and ever. And the four and twenty elders, which sat before God in their seats, fell upon their faces, and worshipped God, saying, We give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art, and must, and art to come, because thou hast taken to thee thy great power, and hast reigned. And the nations were angry, and thy wrath is come, and the time of the dead, that they should be judged, and that thou shouldest give reward unto thy servants the prophets, and to the saints, and them that fear thy name, small and great, And shouldest destroy them which destroyed the earth. And the temple of God was opened in heaven. And there was seen in his temple the ark of his testament. And there were lightnings and voices and thunderings and an earthquake and great hail.
0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the End Time Tribune. As we cover... Breaking news and current events as it pertains to Bible prophecy. I hope you enjoyed the reading there of the Revelation. Good stuff, Brian. Why don't you jump right back in here and and get back to covering what news you want to cover? Uh, I know these historical references have just gone off the charts this week. Um, so many troubling things have happened this week, Brian. Uh, it's so hard to focus on one thing. I mean, I don't think that you can focus on one thing.
1: Pardon well,
3: I mean, of Brian. You, you, yeah, well, exactly. And I, I don't even think we can keep on top of a one billionth percent of it. There's so many things happening here so rapidly, it's utterly ridiculous, folks. And we're seeing literally events that in ages past, You know, for instance, here, let's talk about the Ottoman Empire. Okay, because this is actually the key critical piece that brings everything into perspective. Their rule went on for over 500 years before it got to the point just to those last few leaders that I read. With him reinitiating this, and even as this uh, referendum went down for this new constitutional rights, okay, everybody in Turkey was going, good grief, it's all just ended, welcome to the Ottoman Empire. And they've been warning that this is going to happen for years. I even had a documentary where they said, well, we don't have to worry about this neo-automism going on because of the fact that, well, you know, folks, it's, they have their quote-unquote political elections. so Erdogan's not going to hold power long enough to do it. Well, everybody, that documentary was made previous to all the events. The Gülen coup was a key critical point that caused everything to unravel and explode. And as Erdogan had stated time and time again, and he still does it to this day, it's the gift that keeps on giving. And you have to remember on top of it, Gulen Kurdish, this deep-seated hatred for the Kurds has ramifications that go back to the dawn of time, folks, and it is such a deep piece in and of itself that it's going to take an entire program just to explain one little tiny tidbit of this. But everybody, you have to understand that this 500-year rule of the Ottomans is what sent everything into its place that led up to World War One. This caused massive issues with the Arabian people because of the fact they came in and they captured Medina and Mecca. Folks, the Turks were not Arabians. And modern-day Turkey on top of it its genetic makeup Has got some very Interesting People groups in the mix Some very interesting Ones not to mention Some of our key missing players That we've looked all over to find For instance where did The Philistines actually go Well folks there's a percentage Of them inside of modern day Turkey So now We at least know where some of them are It doesn't get any better. Once again, that's a topic for a whole other show in and of itself. What this caused, like I said, the Arabs obviously had major issues, especially when they came in and took their two founding points of their entire religion. They just came in and boom, it's ours. Iran and its varied uh, empires throughout the stages didn't take any of this too well. That caused massive fighting on that southern tip. But you have to understand, on top of it, when the Ottomans came in, you almost have to pull up a map so you can see it. Because the effect that it had on Eastern Europe, the Balkans, going into the borders with Russia, all the way across the board. Essentially, if the Ottoman Empire did not exist... We would have seen a very different picture played throughout history with what's going on with Eastern Europe, not to even mention most of the Middle East. It just keeps going. There's no end in sight to how important this whole event is with what Erdogan has just done. In this last week, he has rounded up thousands upon thousands of very people that he has put into his list of being associated with the Fido Gulen coup. Nonstop. They have now completely obliterated Wikipedia. They don't want people to have access to it. Um, they cut off some kind of play. Uh, you know, they're kind of going through and making sure they can reshape every little thing to keep the perception of their people. From seeing what's going on outside, but on top of it, fermenting this reemergence of this Ottoman Empire, and folks, this domino just alone with this aspect is literally unbelievable. We've got so many events happening here in Israel. Uh, This. UNESCO resolution that had been brought forward in the last couple of weeks I've mentioned it a couple of times here over the last few shows Has gotten worse It was repenned in a way that essentially Is pretty much stating that The Israeli people have no right to Jerusalem At all And people in Israel know full well this is trouble We've had The, uh, well, Sons of Lot, I'm not going to call them Palestinians, folks. It's not what they are. We've had the Sons of Lot having massive protests, breaking out, hunger strike. There have been things that have been just rolling back and forth and back and forth with massive explosions in that area. We've had divides between Abbas and the Hamas groups. So now there's infighting within those areas. On top of it, Iran has issued a warning now, and they're ticked. Because they're basically watching that front of Syria and they expect Americans to come in from Jordan. And they've already basically leveled warnings that this at best come to an end. And folks, do not deceive yourselves and think that we already don't have troops on the ground. There's on a continual basis photos, photos coming out from reliable news sources in other parts of the world that are right there on the ground that are showing we have major amounts of troops. They're stationed all throughout Syria. We have them inside of Iraq. Man, they were making those comments when we launched those Tomahawk missiles into Syria. They were trying to get people to believe that we don't have any troops on the ground. Folks, we've got troops on the ground in so many places now, and it's utterly ridiculous. The Iranian issue alone has just ramped up. That's a different story. I'm hoping I left some of these up. This week here, we had Iranian border guards were targeted from an outside country RGC commander. On Wednesday, 10 Iranian border guards were killed and two other injured in an ambush attack near the town of Mirzba in the southeastern Iranian province of the Sistan and Balkistan province. Okay, folks, we have talked about that extensively in the past. This region alone is so um, important, it's absolutely ridiculous. This group is the so-called Jaish al-Udi. And who are they? Well, they're a Sunni insurgent group that's based in Sistan and Balkistan province of Iran. Remember, folks, that a mass majority of the people there are Shiites. Aligned with Shiism, never mind the fact that we've had a reemergence of Zoroastrianism slowly creeping into place. They fled into Pakistan. Now, this is causing all kinds of contention there. So, I said, I ran leveled a warning. Because, well, folks, I mean, think back, you know, the infamous. Uh, I've talked at length about the founder of the prayer breakfast. I mean, they've only been at this for over 200 years to do what's been done in our nation alone. And if you don't think the roots go before him, you might want to look a little deeper. President Abdullah, or the King Abdullah, I can't remember his name off hand, obviously the Hashemite king that rules over Jordan, was at that prayer breakfast. Okay, folks, he's been part of that whole alliance since time immemorial, going back to his father's and it keeps going. Already there were talks with Jordan. Jordan's been working hand-in-hand hand with the United States on a continual basis here. The danger of that alone, if you consider what we know about the sons of Lot concerning Psalm 83, should already make people kind of scratch their heads. But nonetheless, now Iran is continually moving itself into a place where it's getting ready for the big showdown. And there's no escaping this. Just this last week on top of it the White House has begun to rattle its sabers again, pretty much letting everybody know that guess what Iran, you're still on our hit list. Out of the Israeli national news, we had come out on the 30th oh, since it's a uh, Technically, uh, time dateline makes things real interesting, folks. So this is like late and breaking. Saudi official, Iran planned to take over Yemen. And that's what's been going on, folks. I mean, sorry, it's Shiite forces on the ground. It has been from day one. Saudi Arabia has been in the middle of it trying to take over. And on top of it, we've had Shiite forces. It is a mess. And look, Saudi Arabia is in worse shape by the minute. If you've been paying attention, you know what's happened already with just the oil end of things. There's been bankruptcies declared all over the place. Once again, we've got things heating to an absolute blast point in Yemen. It never stopped. And let's talk about, I'm glad that Clinton brought up the Shanghai Corporation. Folks, think back. We've actually mentioned that for quite some time. And that is a very key critical Flashpoint And as he brought up They've been bringing in all these groups here For some time They've got members that are sitting On the waiting list To get intertwined into it That entity Alone Well folks Let us not forget the kings of the east You might want to like Type that into your search engine And pull up a map It's rather astonishing. And as I brought up before, the Balkans. The fact alone that we have seen just in this week, it was almost like it was an echo from our program that we did on the 1917 COG in all of the very specific timelines that draw itself into days and years concerning events that happened in 1917 and going into 2018. Folks, you can almost pull up a map of the ancient history and just go month by month looking at those lead up events that are pushing us to World War I. It becomes rather frightening once you realize where all these dates start falling. But the fact alone that the fuse has been lit in the very one place that we have been told by the Lord on a continual basis to keep our eye on, which is Macedonia. We've got fuses being lit from every single end at this point in time that are obviously on a slow burn. But this breakout in Macedonia is going to escalate at its own pace until it unravels. And we've got everything else in the Balkans is doing the very same thing. Understanding the Balkans is quite a complex situation. And I I still have another 600 page book just on that alone that I have to go through that I'm trying to go through in tandem with this book on World War One, that's over 600 pages. Oh, and on TAN, I'm on top of it. I'm having to go through all of Turkish history, which is another 600-page book. I wish it ended there because it doesn't. Without understanding our history of every little portion of the world, a lot of stuff we're seeing right now is not going to make sense. And uh, to be quite honest, I can't make sense of a lot of it because I don't know the history of every single tiny little speck of landmass throughout the entire world. There's no way possible any person could, but you need to start recognizing you need to start looking and trying to figure out who the key players are and where they are and know who it is you're to watch and keep an eye on. I have definitely had to look at this several times over and over again, having come to conclusions on one key player being who I thought they were. And lo and behold, the historical And the archaeogenetics painted a whole different picture where I had to go back to the drawing board and look again at what I missed. And I'm going to leave it off there. And I guess we can go back and forth here because I just, there's too much. I don't know which directions to go in here anymore. I'm hoping I covered at least the key points, but I don't know if that's uh, absolutely possible at this point.
0: Just too much. Well, Clinton, uh, let let me shoot a question toward Clinton.
1: <clears throat>
0: we know that the economic situation was a major instigator uh, for the world wars. Beyond any shadow of a doubt, uh, you can literally go back and and. Realize what happened to Theodore uh, Roosevelt in 1907, the the whole nine yards. And then we have come out in the news that credit card defaults are beginning to get off the charts. Now, the thing that bothers me with the economic side, there also come mass propaganda at the time. And I mean mass propaganda. Ladies and gentlemen, that's where the whole idea of pamphlets come from. really does. You're talking about that window of opportunity there. When they first really got the mechanization of the printing press perfected, they would print up these flyers of all different types of propaganda and flood the populace with it. And here as of late, we've had this surge of fake news. I wonder if that's got anything to do with these, these defaults, but I, I would like Clinton to address that. Why are these credit card defaults spiking? And if he thinks that this has anything to do with this fake news, because just this week, uh, April the 25th, the Wikipedia founder, uh, Jimmy Wales, came out and said that uh, he knows how to fix the fake news. He wants to make a Wiki Tribune. Absolutely off the charts. What's your, what's your thoughts on those items there, Clinton?
2: Well, you know, the one thing that's constant uh, during all of our studies is history is repeating ourselves. And we have two economic crises that, that happened here in recent history that are starting to repeat themselves. Uh, the most common one that people are, are looking at is the one, that, that you know, the Great Recession of 2008. You know, and, and, but a lot of people are not looking at the dot-com bubble. Um, the dot-com bubble you know, burst, you know, what was it, 2000? Um, right before September 11th is when everything dropped on it. And we see that the combination of both of these crises happening and the decrease in uh, consumer spending um, is because the average consumer is, is tapped out. They, they don't have any money to spend. Um, which is why countries like Sweden and Canada even came out with this last week, where they're doing templates to give guaranteed income to people. Uh, Basically, here is a check for doing nothing because we need you to be able to make more money, but the companies aren't going to pay you any more money. So here's some more money so you can pay your bills. And and that's being tested right now. Uh, But to answer your question about the credit card debt increasing, it's because everyone's tapped out. Uh, people don't have the, the money to pay the bills, and they have been living off of credit since 2008. So now that the credit cards are dried up and banks aren't lending any more money, they're, they don't have any more money to spend. Uh, when it comes to this fake news, um, it, it kind of reminds me of uh, the book 1984, unfortunately, where there's uh, a truth department where they rewrite history depending on the administration that is in power. And that is exactly kind of the direction that things are headed, um, where everything is being rewritten uh, to benefit whoever is in power, either economic terms. Some people point at the unemployment rate uh, saying there's no way it's at 4.5 percent, that it should be closer to 20 percent. But the way that they calculate it is how they manipulate that data. Um, the same as with history or what's happening throughout the news organizations right now is ultimately it, it will have to come to a standardized system to where there's a way to monitor, you know, the news agencies to see if they fit within the, the, the certain doctrine that whoever is in power wants to present. And this wiki, you know, tribune or whatever else is, it's just going to be one facet of that. Um, and ultimately there'll be a lot of, Uh, infighting between the different news, you know, organizations to determine who is going to, you know, what, who's going to say what the truth is and what is not the truth. And, and that's why it's going to get so difficult to understand what is going on in the world is because no one's really going to know what the truth is because, well, it's all kind of manipulated, depending on how they want to maneuver within the system. Um, Now going back to talking about stuff that was in, you know, the, uh, dot-com bubble, for instance, uh, we have from the the most recent uh, report that showed the gross domestic product of the United States. Um, it basically showed that there was an increase in in business investment, um, and there's a decrease in consumer spending. But there is a lot of increase in consumers uh, in in business investment, and basically what that means is a lot of companies are holding onto their cash instead of paying their employees. They're investing in. Uh, either structures or equipment or stuff to benefit them in the future. Uh, the same thing happened in the uh, the late 90s is companies were decreasing their dividends uh, and not paying them to their shareholders so they could take that money and reinvest it in the companies. And, you know, my my theory was that uh, th- that extra money is what caused those companies to increase the profit, which then increased their stock price. And, and we can see that corporations are doing the same exact thing right now. Um, the only problem is the only export that's really increasing is petroleum, which is oil. Well, we have an issue in the oil industry to where, you know, all these companies are are pumping oil, all these countries are pumping oil, but they can't refine the oil fast enough. So they, they can put it in a barrel, but they can't make it to where it's going to go through your car. Um, And so, you know, gas prices are going to go up, Uh, oil prices, you know, for changing your oil are going to go up. All those kind of things are going to be affected because, well, they can't refine the oil fast enough. Um, And so it's just going to take an impact. Uh, We can see, for instance, China, the the China's, you know, output um, is, is dropping substantially the orders that that they're coming in are dropping, which they're kind of the engine for the world economy. And if they're slowing down, that, that's where things are headed. Um, I wanted to talk on something that, that uh, I believe, as Brian brought up earlier, which is, you know, what, what's going on with, you know, this issue with Jerusalem and, and, you know, it being the capital or not the capital and, and everything else. Well, it, it kind of is stemming onto a, a bigger problem. Um, you know, through, when I was raised, uh, I, I was told, you know, you don't talk about religion and politics together, they, that you keep them separate. Well, unfortunately, we're entering a time when you cannot keep them separate. And, you know, just, just for instance, Donald Trump, he quoted this Thursday, I want to see peace with Israel and the Palestinians. There is no reason there's, not, there's no peace between Israel and Palestine, none whatsoever. Well, we have Donald Trump who... Um, believes that the entire city of Jerusalem should be the, you know, owned by Israel, if not the capital of Israel. And the speculation that he wants to move his, the U.S. Embassy from Tel Aviv to Israel. Well, there, there's something that was very interesting that, that came up. Um, there was an agreement that was signed under—it's um, it called the Jerusalem Embassy Act of 1995— well, basically, this is declined every six months by every president since 1995. And what this, this law or this act says is to move and recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. And, and they have had this on the book since 1995. And every six months, they, they deny this and move it down. Well, in May, it comes up for Donald Trump's first time to either approve this or deny it. And he is also organizing a trip to go to Israel at that time, which also coincides with the 50th anniversary of when Israel took over Jerusalem. So there's speculation that they may actually recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, or there's speculation that they're going to move the embassy. Um, The the second of those two, moving the embassy, is probably not going to happen, but there's a very strong likelihood. That Donald Trump will recognize Jerusalem, the entire city of Jerusalem, as the capital of Israel. Now we recently have Russia and China both came out, said that they approved half of the city to be part of Israel and half of the city to be a part of Palestine, this two-state solution. So we know that is the, the line that's being drawn. That is the ultimate agreement that will be created. And what's happening in North Korea, that is an easy target to make a show of force. And we know what's going to happen in Damascus. And we know that what's going to happen in Iran. So we have lots of things developing. But this move with Donald Trump coming to Jerusalem in in the end of May or the beginning of June is going to be something that we really need to focus on and look at. Definitely. (laughs)
0: Definitely, Uh, this whole cup of trembling is going to cause major nightmares Um, Brian, your thoughts on what Clinton just covered Uh, We've been talking about Jerusalem now here for a while But we also mentioned, Brian, some time back about this this meeting they held in the deep state for the displaced Palestinians, and they were trying to come up with a way to get the Palestinians back into Israel. Now Israel's openly hitting Syria, and right outside of Damascus, by the way. These two things are tied together, ladies and gentlemen. Your thoughts, Bry?
3: Well, that's just it. No matter which direction we look in considering all of this, it's just absolutely unraveling. I mean, these two strikes now, within the last week alone, and I mean, the first one, what it basically boiled down to is there was intel that an Iranian jet had showed up in the airport that was basically struck or right near the airport that was struck and they were bringing in weapons to basically hand over to their Shiite forces up there in Syria. And of course the intel gets through, what are you going to do in a circumstance like that? They reacted. I haven't even had time to look at what happened today. I would not be surprised in the slightest that it was nothing that would be any different than that. You know, and this, um, these two state solutions this reorganizing of trying to get a some sort of treaty in place you know there was even a really interesting article out there that in light of what the bible said should have caught everybody off guard because they essentially put that that basically peace is just on the horizon making it with the arabs and anybody else around the area You know, on top of it, we had this very strange circumstance that took place with Russia declaring Jerusalem to be the capital of Israel. And as has been brought up before, we've had this move of the embassy, and this just sort of keeps going. But Folks, I need to draw your attention to something very quickly because this has been so distorted and twisted all throughout the years that it literally gets to the point that it gets bothersome in many circles, because obviously, you know, we've got the atypical eschatology teachings that have been stating that we're going to have this whole um, infamous seven-year peace treaty. It's going to be broke at the half point, and then, you know, the temple's got to be rebuilt, and all these other, you know, ideas that they've just built upon over the years. Folks, I'm telling you right now, the very moment that you start hearing them say that we've got all of a sudden we have this solution that's going to bring this about. And it's going to make everything good just like they've been portraying in the media. Just like I said with that article. Consider what it says and really look once again. First Thessalonians 5 verse 3, while they are saying peace and safety. Let me repeat that. While they are saying peace and safety. Then... Destruction will come upon them suddenly, like labor pains, upon a woman with child, and they will not escape. Folks, when we've got this idea that has been passed along through these circles for years on end, that we're looking at some kind of seven-year peace treaty, um, let's look at that word for Will come upon them subtly. Which is G160. I finidose, An unexpected. Sudden. Unforeseen. Now folks you automatically should realize. That this verse alone is telling you. Everything the Lord has repeated. Over and over and over again. It will come upon them suddenly. Like labor pains. Upon a woman with child. And they will not escape. Folks, this is when the Assyrian comes in. This is the trigger. We're not dealing with a long, prolonged period of peace. No, it's just going to be basically, they're going to think it. Oh, everything is fine now. Everything's peachy keen. We'll have that little moment of silence that might go on for five minutes. And then bam, the trigger is going to be tripped. that really entails, when you think about those end of things that they're trying to do concerning that portion, but do not forget what UNESCO has been doing on a continual basis as they've come against Israel. We've had people in France instigating, we've had Germany, we've had many European nations. This time around, when we got this UNESCO resolution that's coming in, this is being perpetrated by many of the Arab nations. And let us not forget, when they passed the last major resolution, they did that in Istanbul, Turkey, at the time of the coup, the day after, mind you. Oh, we're going to take a break the day after the coup. Well, why didn't they close shop during the coup? But the problem is, is, just like the news story said, they made that UNESCO decision in secret, behind closed doors. What did they do that day after the coup? They turned off the cameras. They made the decision behind closed doors. Locked everybody out. And of all places again. Istanbul. Now I haven't looked. But I would not be shocked. That this next resolution with UNESCO. Is also showing up there. The amount of UN resolutions. That are being pushed through. Concerning Israel. Are causing all sorts of contention. With multiple regions. Europe. Just above, you know, the, uh, you know, Gomer from Gog and Magog. Yeah, folks, Germany, France, that's Gomer. Always has been. They've been causing all sorts of trouble in these different resolutions. It just keeps going. That moment that you see them say these words, whichever way they decide to translate it, the moment they tell you we've got peace, we've got safety, Folks, you better gird up your loins and hold on to your seats. I hope I covered enough. Uh, I think that's all I wanted to say for now.
0: Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, it seems like everything is working together to drive us to this point that we've been at so many times before. You know, it it makes me think... um, this morning I got up to a pretty interesting email asking me about the particulars of the scroll, the Biblion in Greece. Uh, it, it, it amazes me sometimes. Um, the listeners can be quite intuitive, but they ask me about the scroll there in Revelation chapter 5. They ask me if that was the proper translation, they had checked, I guess, all the translations that they could get their hands on. Of course, their event horizon uh, and their ending point was always the same. It basically says that a book written within and on the backside. (laughs) That's basically what all the translations say. Uh, That's wrong. And if you don't know Greek... Well, you can't see it, ladies and gentlemen, because what you're wanting to say back there, well, that's an adjective. Or is it an adverb? When I ask people that question, it kind of takes them by surprise. They're like, "Well, Matthew, what what do you mean?" Well, ladies and gentlemen, let me ask you that. Do you know the difference between an adjective and an adverb? <laughs> Sometimes those can be tricky, right? Well this phrase Estionke <laughs> opisthen, it's a course of course a play on words. But it means that the scroll was written on the inside from the back. That's what it means in Greek. <laughs> it was written from the back ladies and gentlemen <laughs> uh and i was just amazed that they knew the right question to ask now you can look up those series there in the strongs if you want to uh g2081 and then you have uh the kia of course but uh, no really need to look that up um but it's g uh, 2532 if you want to look it up and And then G3693, but literally, (laughs) literally, that's what it's saying, ladies and gentlemen. It was written from the back. So, you have to understand that you have to know Greek to be able to look and see what the Lord your God was doing. You see, this means that The part on the inside of the (laughs) roll. Not what you expect, is it? Because you're expecting that if you have a scroll rolled on two sides, you're going to take the front page, put it one place. Right? (laughs) No, that's not what he said. He said when he unrolled it... (laughs) It had been written from the back, so he was looking at the second page. Did you know that? You couldn't see it? Oh, I see it coming. That That's, that's for sure. Uh, but it just looks like this is the culmination of everything that we have happening here in the news. I mean, everything is building toward this point that we've been to before, and nobody sees it coming. I mean, I just read an article here the past week. I think it had been published in January. I want to check some numbers. There are 73,000 homeless people in New York. Now, you're probably asking yourself, well, why was you looking at that, Matthew? Well, because it bothered me. Last week, it came out with this article that from now on in New York State, tuition is free if you want to go to an institution of higher learning. Now, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) you're not going to do anything for free unless it's for a reason. So I looked. Back in January, got an article stating there were 73,000 homeless people in New York City. Well, we all heard Clinton a couple of weeks ago talking about the 18 to 34-year-olds. So I looked a little deeper, and guess what? They've passed a new law. You see, they've given this group a place to go now. Now now this group of homeless people in New York City that as at least 18 to 34, they can, of course, qualify for assistance, federal assistance, you know. And go to school and at least have a new start. That gives them hope. We 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 would all agree with that. These kids are on the street. Hey, now the tuition is free, so now my financial aid would cover my entire school bill. Now I can have a place to sleep and, and have some hope in the future. There's only one problem, ladies and gentlemen. Somebody slipped another law underneath the rug to you. Because now, in order to apply for financial aid an institution of higher learning you must first register for the draft that's right the rich kids that don't need financial aid, they don't have to register for the draft only the ones that qualify for financial aid nobody sees this coming nobody sees it coming You know, and I just got a kick out of Clinton first to the broadcast saying, you know, president's got a new toy. Really? Uh, that USS Michigan, she's been upgraded. You don't need anything else to completely obliterate not just Nor- – no, 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 the entire Korean peninsula, you see. That boomer holds 154 Tomahawk cruise missiles. Seven banks of 22 clusters. If they just happen to put a nuke on every one of them, I'm just just saying, (laughs) I'm, I'm just pointing that out, this is by far more dangerous than it was armed before. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, you don't send a boomer anywhere outside of a direct threat. I mean if we were wanting to protect something, you'd send the attack subs, primarily the Seawolf class. If not, some Los Angeles-class attack subs. You're more than protected with that weapons platform from anything. But to send in a boomer, a boomer's only reason for use is obliteration. That's, that's the only thing that's for so, Clinton, why don't you come on here and say good night, and let everybody know where they can find your stuff, please. And then, Brian, you jump on here, and I shall take us out.
2: Yeah, you know, thank you again, uh, everyone, for having me on. Uh, it's a pleasure. I uh, love the program. Um, if you guys have any other interest in finding me, uh, my website is ClintonCoWatch.com. My last name is spelled K-O-W-A-C-H. Um, has uh, the Diligent Watchman podcast on there. Um, also on Twitter, um, same handle, just my name, Clinton Co-Watch. Um, they constantly have a uh, news feed of all the articles that we talk about and uh, everything else. Uh, I, I wanted to say one quick thing as well. Um, I, during the intermission, we were listening and they were talking about the two witnesses, and it just sparked my interest about the, the horrible trend that's starting with the, the televi- you know, televised killings on Facebook um and i just i'm sad to see this trend and unfortunately those two kind of fit together and i'm hoping that i'm hoping that it stops but i i just don't see it happening but i'm sure we'll be talking about that in the future but i just that's just something close to my heart i don't like so have a good night everyone, and and may god guide you on your journey
3: bry well folks I'd agree. uh, Clinton, on your end, it's great to have you being a part of our team because that's what you are. You're an absolute necessary team member. And, you know, I guess I would have to back what was just pointed out. Folks, it's one of those things I rarely do, but especially if you want to understand things that are going on with our younger generation now. And for those of you that have younger adults and teens even I'd almost recommend this as, I'd almost say it it is um, mandatory viewing if you have Netflix. There is a program that was just released from a book called 13 Reasons Why, and folks, it really opens your eyes to everything that we see concerning what's happening with this generation, especially here in the Western nations. And the dire circumstances and situations they've been put in now that's leaving them in a position with hardly any hope whatsoever. So, you know, it amplifies what Clinton just stated because we've had murders that have been taking place on the social network. We've had suicides. This, This whole generation is just in such a dire predicament and Understanding it is sometimes difficult when we only see things from our own perspective. So, with that said, uh, God bless everybody. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you or you'll hear us here sometime soon.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm glad that Clinton brought up that
3: little Bible reading because I heard
0: something too, something I remember quite well. You'll take note that there in the book of revelation first you're told that the water is going to be turned to blood and then you're told it's going to be turned bitter lastly you're told there will be no rain when the two witnesses prophesy for 1260 days well just so you all know ladies and gentlemen there's a reason why the promise is given in deuteronomy chapter 11 Now, verse 11 starts with the promise, but it's the prior verse that you get the full meal deal. You're able to understand what's going on. Verse 10. For the land into which you were entering to possess it is not like the land of Egypt from whence you came, where you used to sow your seed and water it with your foot, like a vegetable garden. But the land into which you are about to cross to possess it A land of hills and valleys drinks water from the rain of heaven. You have to understand, ladies and gentlemen, that you are aware of the simple fact that the only rain that's ever mentioned in the wilderness is the Lord God said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven. You didn't catch that before? Hmm. You might want to look into that because during those whole 40 years, rain was never mentioned except the rain that came down in the form of bread. Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, God bless. Godspeed.